hang up and try again. Hey guys, welcome back to So You Don't Have To. What's up guys? Today we had such a chill movie day because uh, there's some movies that we want to talk to you guys today about. Um, and it's been fun just hanging out, watching movies and discussing them. We have some really great movies to talk about today. And they're all by this one production company. Uh, they're called A24. Um, A24 is a New York production company founded pretty recently in 2012 um, by Daniel Katz. It's kind of risen up in the ranks in terms of production companies, become very well known. And part of that, I think, is because it has a different feel than yeah. other film distribution companies. It's, it specializes in independent films um, and stories that I think we don't normally see, right? It's, you know, it's not movies that are big blockbusters. Um, they usually distribute like Sundance type movies. Um, and things that I think usually don't have like super big names behind them. Um, but now it's kind of become such a prominent production series because of the quality of movies that it comes out with. Um, but, and today we want to talk to you about three that have really made an impact on us, but there are a lot of things we could talk about. I mean, this production company has put out so much great content and we just can't get to it all. Mm -hmm. The three we're going to be talking about today, I think they give us a, a good little flavor of because they have a pretty diverse library and they yeah. cover a lot of different genres. Um, so the three that I think that we that we watched and uh, that we're going to talk about with you guys, I think they give a good little uh, palette of what uh, A24 has to offer. Yeah. And obviously, like I said, there's so many other good ones. I mean, this production company currently puts out the show Euphoria, has put out other movies like The Florida Project, which is really great, and Moonlight, which you guys know um, won an Academy Award, which was kind of controversial, but... Really great works that have been coming out of this production company. Upcoming movies like Zola, which I can't wait to see, um, is in theaters right now. I'm waiting for that to start streaming. Yes. Um, and other movies that we're not going to talk about, but you should definitely watch are Lady Bird and Minari. Um, really good stuff coming out of that that company. Um, but today we're talking about our favorite three, Midsummer, The Disaster Artist, and Eighth Grade. So Midsummer is... Uh, it's it's not really scary. It's more so it's it's more so distressing, unsettling. It's more creepy. Yeah. Um. There's not really too many jump out kind of scary things. Yeah. The movie was directed by Ari Aster, um, and he he's made other he made Hereditary, which is another A twenty four horror film. But I think what sets this horror film apart is that it takes normal horror conventions and kind of spins it on its head. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about a little bit of the plot, a preview of that. Um, it starts out with these two characters, a boyfriend and girlfriend, Danny and Christian. Clearly Christian's like not into the relationship anymore. Um, and Danny has been through a very traumatic experience. She just found out that her sister committed suicide and her family seems very dysfunctional. We don't fully know the whole story, but she's really going through it. Yeah. And it also, it alludes to that there's been like a sort of a pattern, like in the relationship where like her family... You know, her family has been very dysfunctional, and she leans on uh, Christian. Yeah. Yeah, she leans on Christian a lot, and um, and that's what's caused him to not really to be into a re to the relationship less and less because like, and especially he gets pressure from his friends as well, which are like, hey, this girl has a lot of baggage. You know, I think you should kind of split, but yeah, he doesn't. Um, but when the movie starts, you know, obviously we know a little bit of that backstory, but his friends, they're graduate students. They want to do some research. And I don't think we fully know what country they're in. We know it's sort of like a Icelandic country. Are they... And they speak Swedish? It's something... Yeah, maybe it was. I don't think they fully said... All we know is that it's like a... a sort of has 
Swedish, but Icelandic and mm -hmm. folk influences. Um, and so they go with this guy that they went to school with. Um, he takes them to he takes them to his home village, mm -hmm. and right when we get there, things are just not things are weird. It's very sunny, which is not extremely like like there are places in the world where the sun only sets for a couple of hours, but it's kind of strange that the sun we notice right away that it's very bright. Um, which is what I was saying earlier about horror film conventions kind of being flipped on their heads. As you guys know, most horror films kind of play on darkness and the fear that humans have of darkness. Mm -hmm. This movie has no darkness. It's bright as hell. Everything's out in the open. And I think that really plays into a different type of fear because we see everything that's going on. Yeah, and all the scenery, it's very pretty. It's bright yes. as hell. I mean, the colors, the cinematography is wonderful. But it it's very different than what we usually see in a horror film. Um and so, we won't give it away. I think you should watch it. But like Trey said, it's not a movie that's about, like, jump scares or it doesn't use darkness. It's not about, like, catching you and making you jump. It's about just... It starts off with a weird feeling, right? You're watching it and you're just like, something weird. Something is weird here. And that's how you feel the entire movie. Uncomfortable. Distressing things happen. And you start to realize that maybe not everything is great with this village. Like, they have some really barbaric rituals that they follow. And Danny and Christian's relationship, which is already tense when they get there, gets really manipulated and played upon by the villagers who have ulterior motives. Yep. And that's, I guess, how I'll leave it. But, it, you know, Florence Pugh plays Danny, who, I mean, she's a really great actress. She's on, She was on Little Women and... I think she was, she's just about to be in the new um, Scarlet Witch movie. I think she plays her sister or something. Or I'm sorry, Black, Black Widow. Widow. Okay, yeah. Uh, she plays Black Widow's sister in the new Black Widow movie. Um, so yeah, she's really great. Um, but again, the movie is just, I like it because it takes a lot of conventions of horror film, which is like things being done in the dark, us not really knowing, you know, who the villain is. In this movie, we know... Who the villain is we we know what's happening it's all in front of us it's more just a matter of when when is this gonna happen and um, what are they gonna do it's like about cult behavior and how if everyone agrees to something does that necessarily make it less scary and like there are there are events that happen in the movie where they do horrific things but they're told like this is part of living here this is mm -hmm. our culture and i think you know Christian and his friends are graduate students, so they're trying to study other cultures. They kind of tell themselves, like, well, this is their culture. We're outsiders. We kind of have to accept it. But very barbaric things happen, and it's, like, a little bit beyond culture at that point. It's, like, there clearly is something sinister going on. It wasn't It wasn't worth uh, their... Because they go there because they want to write their thesis. Right. Their thesis. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't quite worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll leave it at that. You guys should definitely go watch it. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it. I mean, it's really, it was talked about a lot when it first came out. But it's something I definitely recommend. I think you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free. Yes. Um, so the next movie we want to talk about, we actually just watched this movie before we started recording. And honestly, I'm going to let Trey take the lead on this one because I'm still at a loss for words about what I watched. So, um, Tommy Wiseau, he, he's a director. Um... And he's, I think a lot of, I think everybody, almost everybody knows what The Room is. It's a, it's a cult classic at this point, at least. Um, it was made in 2003. It was, I 
think Tommy's only like, well, I think he's made more films since then. Yes, but it yeah. definitely was his first one. Um, and it's known, you know, for being really bad. Probably like a really, really <laughs> poor film. And I mean, and almost, not even almost, it's just to a comedic point like it's bad. Like you watch it for the novelty. Um, I didn't know, I had seen some other stuff about uh, Tommy. Um, I'd seen some other stuff about him. I mean, he seemed, he seemed like an odd guy. Um, but, uh, you know, nothing, you know, harmless. Uh, his best friend, uh, Greg Sester? Sestero. Sestero. Greg Sestero. Um, turn, so I didn't know about this. So you, you learn a lot about Tommy in this movie. But I'll, I'll, pre I'll preface it. The movie is The Disaster Artist. Yeah, I'll preface this. So he made this movie with his best friend. They're still friends now. Um, his Greg and Greg wrote a book about it and this book was adapted into the movie and it's about Tommy and Greg their relationship how they ended up making the room and a little bit a little bit after but it's, it's mostly just about how they made this movie together and uh, it's a ride yeah so Greg they made this movie it became kind of a whole classic um, I remember seeing the original movie, like, I didn't watch it fully, but I, it was recommended to me on YouTube, I think. Um, and I guess, you know, it just made its way to the Franco brothers, and they decided that they were going to make this movie. It's directed by James Franco. He stars he as... produced it. He stars as Tommy in the movie, and Greg is played by his brother, Dave Franco. And Dave's girlfriend, I mean, well, Greg's girlfriend in the movie is played by Dave's wife, Allison Bree. <laughs> so it's just like a whole family affair. Um, and... My point of view is, so right, the movie's about them making this movie and their friendship and sort of the weird mysteriousness that sort of surrounds Tommy. I, there were times I laughed, I thought it was funny, like, I think what I took away from the movie is the acting of James and Dave was great. The way they portrayed Tommy and Greg's friendship was really, I mean, clearly it is like a brotherhood thing and it's cool to see brothers play it out and I think they did it really well. In terms of, like, the actual guy, I don't know. I still walked away feeling, and I guess that's the point. He's still supposed to seem unattainable to us, and that's how I felt. Like, what did I just watch? Like, the real movie and, the like, the movie within the movie? I just was yeah. so confused about why the movie was made, who these guys really are, what are their motivations. Um, you know, it just was strange. But just to start off as well, like, Greg is this aspiring actor they meet, they're in this theater class together, um, and he notices that Tommy just kind of acts without, recklessly and without regard, and he just kind of puts his whole self into the characters in this theater class, and Greg is still kind of nervous about really, you know, performing at a high level, and so he asks Tommy for some mentorship, and that kind of begins their whole friendship. And Tommy is just bizarre. I mean, he's just like a millionaire, but we don't really know why. And he lives his life randomly. And one of his random projects is that he's going to make this movie with Greg. Um, and obviously you can watch the original. I think it probably is still on YouTube. It's called The Room. Um, but the, the movie that we watched, The Disaster Artist, put out by A24, is sort of the behind the scenes. And I remember it won awards. Like, I think they got a Golden Globe for it because James Franco did a speech with Tommy Wiseau um, on the stage, and it was kind of weird. Whoa. That was the first time I really knew what this was, a, like, who he was and what this was about, because during the speech, I was like, what is this weird, shaggy-haired man up there with James Franco? Mm -hmm. um, do I think he deserved awards? I guess I can't really say that, but I just, it, I was confused. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I, 
I think you should still watch it because it's an experience and it's about real life people and it's an interesting story. I just didn't feel particularly moved. I just felt kind of confused sometimes. But what do you think? Um, I think I, I don't... I have even more trouble believing that Tommy is like a real person. He's like... Okay, and I and I am here. Because you find out... Like you learn, you learn a lot of Tommy Wiseau lore in this movie, but there's a lot of stuff you don't learn as well. You don't really know, like, because Tommy in real life is really secretive. Mm -hmm. Like, really secretive. Like how you said he's like a millionaire somehow. Tommy Wiseau has a lot of money, and nobody knows how he's gotten it, but he has a lot of money. I mean, he funded the whole, his whole film himself. And I mean, and the production quality was really, like, I mean, for the time, yeah, it was really good. He spent a lot of money on that film. Um, and he's paying for, like, apartments in all these major cities but like he never divulges how he gets that money and it's, it's so it's so bizarre like it's funny it like it's it's funny because it's all like no it's it's funny until you really think about like oh this is this is a real guy like he's just I feel like you learn more about tommy on a wikipedia search though than the movie and i guess that's my point of like i walked away feeling more confused because the movie still doesn't really say that much about who he is i think it's more about the the sort of the uniqueness of his character and how he takes this young impressionable guy on this ride with him and by that i mean greg and so we get to see i think the movie's more about their relationship and the ups and downs they go through when they move, decide to move to la um but in terms of like who tommy is like no you're gonna walk away still more confused about who he is i feel like you can find more on the internet you're going to walk away with more questions. Yeah. I, I promise. So, it, you know, the movie, I, I will say this. It it does help, like, because now I'm given some context as to why the room turned out why how it did. So, like, like you said, it's like a behind-the-scenes thing. So, like, that, in terms of what you learn, you do learn about, like, how that film turned out the way it did. Why why was it like this? So that that does help. So you do get... You do get an explanation for that because the room, you know, as we said, it has become a bit of a cult classic. Like I said, I think this movie, what makes it great is the Franco's brothers' depiction of a, a deep, slightly weird friendship, and I walked away believing that because I think the Franco brothers do a great job. Like they're really great actors, and the way they portray it is really well done. In terms of like the actual behind-the-scenes story, I don't know if like if you're looking for that, I feel like the movie doesn't really help with that. But if you want to see a, a an odd but well done movie about a really strange friendship i think it's a good movie i think it tackles that really well it's about a friendship at the end of the day you know yeah um for our final movie we're gonna be talking about eighth grade i'm so pumped <laughs> i love this movie so much. when i watched it i watched it with trey a couple of days ago and that was like my fifth time watching it i originally saw it with some co-workers like four years ago when they first came out and it's so good it's about this I guess she's 12, eighth grader named Kayla. Um, and she's in her final week of eighth grade. And to say that that's just the plot of the movie is factual. And you may think, well, that's kind of bland. But I think what makes this movie so special is it's so realistic. It is just about a week of someone's life. Yeah. And it's understated. It's not, there's not a lot of, you know, there are no effects. It's just like straight real life for a week of mm -hmm. someone's life and it doesn't do it doesn't do any of like the school the dumb school tropes like if that's one of the things that really helped this, this movie like you said this movie feels really real 
right? How it's written, how it's shot. Like, there's none of there's none of the dumb school tropiness. It's just an awkward eighth grader just yeah. going through the week, and it and it the character feels like someone you could actually meet. And part of that is because the director Bo Burnham, which you guys may know, he's a pretty famous comedian at this point. Um, he has Netflix specials and everything, and I think he was you know he kind of started on YouTube, but. He directed it, which I thought was awesome. And the way that he directed it was just, it was so beautifully shot, not in terms of like, it's a, a, a pleasing image to the eye, but because it's just so realistic. I mean, he cast real eighth graders, which I think is so important. A lot of these movies about kids don't really cast kids. They <laughs> cast grown people, you know, who can't really capture the awkwardness of that time. And I yeah. think when you really do cast real 13 year olds, you can effectively capture the awkwardness and the movie is so awkward and you there are times where you want to cringe but i love it because it's so true to that time in everyone's life eighth grade is awkward it does yeah. make you want to cringe and i know i've said this on the pod i've said this on the on the podcast before like social cringe like it's so it, it's more social cringe that i can relate to yeah you know well, you know, thematically, it's about Kayla. She's going through her final week of eighth grade. And she's going through a lot of things. I mean, for one, like, she lives with her single dad. And she has a YouTube channel. And she's getting no views. But it's a part of her creativity. Like, it's how she expresses things that she's going through. She's a very shy 13-year-old. Uh, and she's just nervous about what the future holds. You know, she's about to go into high school. And I think this last week of eighth grade, like we all probably did, she's really reflecting on, did I accomplish everything I wanted to in middle school? And what is it going to be like to start this new chapter? Um, because part of her journey is that she opens up a time capsule from when she was in, I think, six, either sixth or fifth grade. It was sixth. Okay. And just like the expectations that she set for middle school, she really reached none of them. <laughs> and so I think... You know, it causes her to reflect on the expectations she's setting for high school. Um, and she goes through experiences that we've all gone through. I mean, it's just so realistic. Yeah. I I don't know how to really else to put it. Um, it's just sort of the magic. I, I, I've cried every time I've watched it. There are scenes that are just so powerful. And not because they're dramatic, you know? Like, that's why I love this movie. It's so understated. I really feel like you're just sitting there watching this person live their life. I mean, when she has conversations with her dad, I feel like we really are just watching a, a father and daughter talk. And it doesn't feel like, you know, sometimes when you watch movies, it feels like a script. Yeah. Because it's just too dramatic. And, like, that's not something someone would actually say or something mm -hmm. someone act would actually go through. This movie, everything feels so spot on. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's just all grounded. You yeah, know, it's a really good film. It's, <laughs> bruh, LeBron James. Like, bruh, like, they do, bruh, they literally have... Okay, because y'all y'all remember in school, y'all just be chilling. And, like, for some reason, y'all remember just saying LeBron James's name was just, like, <laughs> that was the punchline for a while, right? Like, bro, they got, they got shit like that. They have, like, oh, dude, they literally do so much of the shit that we used to do. It's so fucking funny. And just to finish, you know, because I want us to move on to our speed, our lightning round questions, but the undercurrent of the whole movie is that social media is a huge part of our generation, right? And it really impacted how we grew up. Like, we had, and they talk about this in the movie, we had so much access to the world and to each other at such a young age, you know? Mm -hmm. And we see how that impacts Kayla and how she views herself and how she views where she's supposed to be in life and 
the steps that she's supposed to be taking because social media is telling her that's what she needs to do, you know? And so, just to finish off, we're going to do our lightning round questions. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Um, the first one. Would you want to star in Tommy Wiseau's The Room? Oh, no. No, <laughs> of course not. I, I don't know. If I was, like, a really an actress and I really wanted a job, no. Just for fun, though, maybe. It seemed like it was probably a cool project. <laughs> like, it seems hectic and cool. Oh and I feel gosh. like I would have just wanted to be around the weirdness. <laughs> well, there wouldn't have been a boring day. We know that. Exactly. We know that. Oh, bro. All right, next question. What do you think sets A24 as a production company apart? Since we're talking about A24. Hmm. I'm gonna kind of echo what I what kind of what I said before. They have like a they have like a really diverse like selection, and they can do. They seem like they can do a lot of things well. And like I was like eighth grade, like once like I know we've been gassing that movie up a lot, but that really impressed me. Um, and then you get mid you know Midsummer, and then that's a that's a horror thing, and then you get this. Then you get this, uh, the Tommy one, where it's like kind of like a buddy movie. Like they can do a lot of like I'm I'm really impressed by how well they can do a diverse amount of genres. I think for me, I think that A twenty four is different than other production companies because they don't repeat stories. I think all I've seen a lot of their movies. I mean, Lady Bird is another one I'd recommend. We couldn't get to it today. I love that movie. It's all original content. I think a lot of production companies nowadays are putting out like reboots or repeats or continuations or storylines that have been done before a lot of cliches mm -hmm. a lot of stereotypes they stay in their comfort zone and i think a24 puts out movies that are i've never seen anything like obviously like nothing is original in this world but things that don't feel straight out of another movie i love that i feel like every show every movie that i watch that a24 puts out feels so fresh and something i've never seen before all right just to finish up um What's on your, what is your favorite out of all these movies? Like, what was your favorite part or the most relatable part? Um, one of the things in eighth grade that, like, I relate to a lot is, like, that general anxiety that you get when you're just, for, like, really normal, like, situations, like, social situations, just, like, that anxiety yeah. that you get from that, where in your head it's a huge deal. And right. in the scheme, it's not. Yeah, no. I, I completely relate to that because, you know, because when I, when I was her age, I was doing the same shit, overthinking it and making it blowing out of proportion. Yeah, I mean, I guess we were just really concerned about image back then and not making mistakes, even though looking back, it was like really simple interactions yeah. that we hyped ourselves up. That nobody to. remembers. Exactly. For me, I think eighth grade probably was relatable too. I think the pressure that Kayla feels to have reached certain milestones by her age. I definitely felt that in middle school. Middle school was a rough time, honestly. And not that high school, I mean, high school was a little bit better. Life doesn't get really better until college, honestly. <laughs> but I think I really related to that anxiety of like thinking you're behind um, and wanting to meet certain goals before you reach high school or even in high school. And a lot of like societal pressure to be there, you know? Kayla experiences that heavily, so. Um, so just to finish, what's on your watch list for the week? Bro, I still have, I still haven't watched Loki. <laughs> I still need to watch Loki, dude. Um, for me, so I want to do a whole episode about HBO Max because 
when I say that probably the best subscription, streaming subscription I've ever gotten, I, I actually mean it. I This whole weekend, I've spent all of my time watching stuff on HBO Max. Um, I just finished uh, Industry, which is about stockbrokers in London, and whoo, it was so good. I can't wait for season two. Um, and I just started this show called Love Life. It's a limited series with Anna Kendrick, and it's really great. I'm almost done. I love it, and so I'm going to probably finish that this weekend. All right, well, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Um, I've been wanting to talk about A24 for a while. I love a lot of the movies. I still haven't watched all the ones I want to see. I want to see Zola. Um, like I said, it's coming out. I want to see Minari. I still haven't seen that with Steven Yoon. You guys know where Steven Yoon stands on this <laughs> podcast. That's In case you didn't know, that's the same guy who plays Invincible um, on the show, Invincible. So I love him, and I want to see Minari. Um, anyway, thanks so much for listening this week. Um, I can't wait to get into more great content next week. Um, and as always, please leave a review and a rating. Please. It's what helps us grow. And we always appreciate the people who are already listening. So thank you so much. All right, guys. See ya.